0: Hello, and welcome to the maiden episode of the Art History by Lakshmi podcast, where we examine all things art history related. I'm your host, Anu, or Lakshmi, whichever you prefer. I'm a professional artist, and I love art, history, linguistics, and politics. Subjects that you think have nothing in common, but hopefully this podcast will show you that they actually do overlap a lot. And even if they don't, Do you really think I'm going to stop talking about them? No, no I'm not. But I hope you keep listening. And a little shameless plug, check out my paintings at ArtLakshmi.com, that's ArtLakshmi.com for my paintings and prints and my Instagram Art underscore by underscore Lakshmi as well. Now that that's over with, let's get started. I'm doing a series of boudoir paintings and I was working on one in my basement studio when my son came down and he was horrified at the nude that I was painting. His reaction was, Mom, oh my god, ew, why does all art always have to have boobies and stuff in it? He's eight, and I assume his reaction is typical of little kids. I know even as a teenager, I used to draw people clothed, never nude, and wondered why the fuck people, men, women, children sometimes, couldn't just slap on a pair of undies when pe- in art. Well, that's what this episode of the podcast explores nudes and its history around the world now this subject is really really vast and i'm just going to do a really brief skim on it because this is our introductory episode in following episodes i hope to go and do a lot of in-depth examination of the subject So let's first travel to the Upper Paleolithic, which takes us to about 50,000 to 12,000 years ago. We find these limestone figurines that fit into the palm of a hand, and they are female figurines with large breasts. You can tell details on their vulva, and these figurines have big bellies that could possibly be a sign of pregnancy. They show very voluptuous women, and they're called Venus figurines, even though they have no connection whatsoever to the goddess Venus. They referred to her because historians assumed that these figurines showed the ideal of beauty back in the day, so of course, Venus is an apt description. Two very notable figurines from this time period are the Venus of Holofels and the Venus of Willendorf. Archaeologists think that they may be symbolic of security, success, and they may even represent a mother goddess. Some archaeologists even suggest that these figurines depict a supreme female creator, just because they are found over a large area and a prolonged period of time. While there are some male figurines that surface, the overwhelming majority are female, and even the ones that are ambiguous, where you can't really tell is it male or female, they contain strong female attributes. Some of these figurines have little holes or perforations in them, which suggests that they were made to be worn, maybe like a talisman or something, and at least one figure has a hollowed-out back, so maybe it was attached to a stick or a pole, who knows. So let's take a look at the clothing aspect, and couldn't they have bothered with some furry lingerie, perhaps? What was the clothing like in the Upper Paleolithic era, and was this normal, or was it out of the ordinary? Was the nudity expected? From what I gather, in the Paleolithic, nudity wasn't that terrible and was kind of normal. A lot of hunter-gatherer tribes today still don't possess negative attributes when it comes to nudity. There's evidence that people in the Paleolithic, in warmer climates, were almost naked or nearly naked for a lot of their lives. They used to paint their bodies with mud, charcoal, and ochre. Once these were dry, the coatings would protect them from winds, scratches, thorns, and sun. There were also needles recovered from the Paleolithic era, which were made of bone. This means that people were probably sewing things together in that time. They wore clothes that weren't just made of animal skins. People wore clothes that were of woven fabric back then. There were grass fibers, headbands, belts, grass skirts, and such. And the women who had a lot of these clothing, or at least had more than the others, they probably enjoyed a high status in society considering these items were of great value. How often can you have a grass skirt made? Not very often. It takes a lot of resources to find the fibers and to make them into a grass skirt. So what does this say for clothing in this era and how it relates to the nudity in art? Well, nudity was pretty commonplace. And these figurines, while they're naked and they don't have that much clothing on them, they do serve a purpose. The nudity has a strong link to fertility, sexuality, beauty, and even spirituality. Let's leave the Paleolithic and fast forward to Ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt is a really vast subject. And like I said in the beginning, I'm just skimming through everything and I'm just going to give you a brief analysis, like a brief overview of everything. And if you have a particular subject you'd like me to discuss in a future podcast pertaining to any of these periods or even periods I haven't mentioned, feel free to let me know. So what was the clothing like in ancient Egypt? And why was nudity depicted? Well, To understand that, we have to know that fashions in ancient Egypt changed very little from the beginning of the civilization to the Middle Kingdom. Ancient Egyptians wore a minimum of clothing. Men and women of the lower classes, they were commonly bare-chested and barefoot. Even women were bare-chested. They wore a simple loincloth or skirt around their waist, and slaves and even laborers were also nude or wore loincloths. Nudity was not considered taboo, instead it was considered the natural state of being. Children, for example, went without clothing up until puberty, and even women entertainers performed naked often. And as time progresses, the fashions changed, and upper-class women wore elaborate dresses and ornamentation which covered their breasts, and this is where we get a lot of our modern depiction of ancient Egyptian fashion from. So in all, we can just say that nudity had no taboo associated with it, again over here, and the art just replicated the reality. So we're gonna switch from ancient Egypt to ancient India. To understand the attitudes towards nudity in ancient Indian art, we have to delve a little bit into the philosophy over there in Hinduism and Buddhism and such. A nude person or deity is someone who has no attachment to the body and one who is an embodiment of the divine. Women were not associated with temptation, but instead with fertility, abundance, and prosperity. This is a theme that we see replicated elsewhere as well. Women were not associated with temptation or sin or fall from grace, but instead with fertility, abundance, and prosperity. And sexuality itself is not viewed as something bad, it's viewed as something as a way to get closer to the divine. So, for this reason, throughout its history, the art of India, the visual and the literary art, they have celebrated the beauty of the human body because the divine is so beautiful, it must logically reside in a beautiful body. For example, if you take the Ajanta caves, it is replete with paintings of Buddha's lore, but the Buddha, after he has found enlightenment, he is not in a monastic, sparse environment, but he is in a courtly environment like the one he grew up in. The women and men are beautiful and beautifully clothed. They have, they're opulent and they have beautiful jewelry. Some of them are also shown naked. It's meant to create a link with prosperity and auspiciousness. And so, therefore, in the eyes of the people who were in the monasteries, the monks, there was no dichotomy. It was all together. The body, in other words, is not tainted, but it's potentially one that gets you closer to divinity. And that's what the Ajanta caves show. It's a way to achieve a closer relationship with the divine, so the sensuous and the sacred are not opposed and they are one and the same, and that is why, for example, in the Genta Caves again, they are celebrated as being two parts of the same thing. Let's leave the Indians and go to ancient Greece. There's a lot of nudity in here, and when I was growing up as a teenager, I would see the art. I loved it, but I wondered. Wow, did nobody have any clothes in ancient Greece? Well, they did. Turns out they did. And people did walk around clothed, but nudity was common in athletic fields and in the Olympic games. Men competed naked. And you know how in a lot of Greek art, the warriors are naked, like the heroes are naked. They did not go into war completely naked. They really did not. That would have been a really bad idea. So why are they shown naked? Well, they're shown in the nerd often, but not always, because the artists wanted to show their physical prowess and their manliness, their physical perfection that they use to defeat their enemies. I mean, if you think about it, if you go into battle naked, you must be really good. They're completely left to their own physical abilities and that they use that. So it's not just heroes and warriors. It's not just the heroic nudes that are that are prominent, but they're also defeated, dying and dead men that are shown nude. Are they heroic? No, because in this case the nudity shows the subjects vulnerability. But there's another nude as well, and this one shows common laborers. They were shown nude. They're neither warriors and heroes and they're neither dead and dying. So why were they shown nude? Well, to illustrate their sweat and their muscles and just kind of to show how hard they worked. Gods and people of higher social classes, not just the laborers, were also sometimes shown nude. But that was to demonstrate their place in society and even their athletic abilities. So there's a whole range of reasons why the Greeks depicted men nude. What about women? Were they depicted nude? Well, initially they were not. Big surprise. The female nude appeared nearly three centuries after the earliest male nude counterpart. So, nudity as a heroic form was assigned initially only to men, and it's only around 330 BC that a Greek sculptor named Praxiteles decided, you know what, I'm going to create Aphrodite naked. This was a huge controversy the time that it happened, people were horrified, but it did make the female nude much more common in the later Hellenistic period. Let's travel around, let's leave Greece, and let's go to ancient Rome for a bit. They had a lot of similarities to the Greeks, so what was their attitude towards nudity, and how did that represent in art? Well, nudity initially had a very different context than in ancient Greece, where we have the heroic nude. In ancient Rome, it initially had negative connotations. Why? Was it sin? Was it bad? No. It signified defeat in war because captives were stripped of their clothing and sold into slavery. And slave masters displayed their slaves for sale in the nude. So nudity symbolized not just a person's defeat, but their status as a citizen in ancient Rome. So nudity wasn't bad in the sense of it being taboo and shameful in the way that, you know, some people may think of it now, but it showed the difference between a citizen with full rights over their bodies to someone who was a slave or someone who was not the full citizen of ancient Rome. But Greek art did influence Roman art, and around the 2nd century BC, Romans started portraying the heroic nude as well along the same lines as the Greeks. Because of the influence of Greek art, the heroic nude became part of Roman culture as well and Roman men, gods, and generals were depicted in this fashion. When this initially happened, where a Roman statue of a Roman general was unveiled and he was shown nude like a Hellenistic king, it was shocking. It was not really um, well received because the earlier connotation was, well, Is he really like a full free citizen of Rome, depicting himself like a slave? That was the original thought, but it became much more mainstream as time went by. Now, what about women? We've looked at how women were portrayed in ancient Greece. Let's take a look at ancient Rome. Were they depicted nude? And if so, why? This might come as a shocker, but respectable Roman women were portrayed clothed. Partial nudity was there for goddesses, yes, and you could see their breasts, but this really was hearkening back to ideas of nurturing and abundance and prosperity rather than, you know, vulgarity, I suppose. Later down the line, we do see Roman goddesses portrayed in the nude, especially Venus. As time goes by, Roman art does show an interest in showing female nudes. And these female nudes are sometimes engaged in activities, even such as sex. But again, the respectable Roman woman is still shown clothed. So nudity in ancient Roman art undergoes kind of like a transformation from being, are you a full-blown citizen to, well, we're adapting something from the Greeks now, so it's not necessarily a bad thing to be shown in the nude. You can be a heroic nude. But with women... There's a lot of respectability attached to being clothed, and the ones who are shown unclothed are women who are not respectable, say, prostitutes. So I hope you enjoyed this quick overview of nudity in ancient art. And, you know, there's a lot of civilizations I haven't explored yet, and I really hope to, because every culture has a beautiful understanding of the human body, and I would like to explore all of those in the podcast. So let me know what you think and don't forget to rate and to subscribe and I'll see you next time. are usually prostitutes.